Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life. From the ministry of Reverend Isaac Abzalabaz Awuni from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Thank you and we bless you. We give you glory this afternoon. I pray for the entrance of your word. May it bring us understanding. May it expand. May your word become a source of hope and of faith. And I ask that having preached, may the preacher be blessed by the word and become obedient to the word. And may the hearer also be blessed by the word and become obedient of the word. That together we shall fulfill the destiny and the purpose by which your word was delivered to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are talking about proactive faith. Proactive faith. And as uh, somebody said, ah, wow, what is pastor talking about? Proactive. Can faith also be proactive? Yes. We're looking at proactive faith. Proactive faith is having the knowledge of the results faith will deliver and working towards it. The Bible said that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. So faith has a substance which you are hoping for it. It has an evidence which is not material. And if you want to have this substance and also want to have this evidence of the substance of faith, then you must work towards it. Faith is not a passive virtue. It's an active virtue. Faith is a spiritual virtue, which is a noun. It's an action word. But most Christians, we have limit faith to be a spiritual virtue. And when you go to the first service, I will explain to you that sometimes faith is fake. And every faith that is fake only believes. James chapter 2 verse 14 to 18, he said, show me your faith without works. And I will show you that it's dead. And I will show you the works of my faith. So every faith which does not have the requisite works of God accompanying it is fake. And the reason why most Christians up to now have been believing God for years and there's no result of their faith is because they are not doing what they're supposed to do. They are only living by believing. And when you do that, another version says that your faith is useless. So any faith which does not have works to it is useless. It means it have no use. But proactive faith is knowing that if I do this and that, I'm believing God for this, this resource, I will have it. So you put yourself in that and do to get it. You don't sit down and say, I believe. You don't sit down and say, it's a work. You don't sit down and say that the anointing will do it. I have anointing. You don't pray 100 days and fast for 1 million years, believing that things will work for you. When you do that, your faith is useless. Hallelujah. You see, faith does not work in a vacuum. Faith works in the life of responsible, committed, faithful Christians. So you can have faith, but if you are not a responsible Christian, it will not work. If you are not a committed Christian, it will not work. And if you are not a faithful Christian, it will not work. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at what is proactive faith. And we are taking our argument from Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 10, about the 10 virgins, which everybody knows. 
If you are here and you don't know the ten virgins or the story of the ten virgins, then I, I, I bet you, you were not born. Hallelujah. Because Muslims even know it. Buddhists know it. When they talk about the story about ten virgins, oh, they own it. Every religious person even know it. The comfort in your village even know it. And everybody should know it. But the story about the ten virgins in Matthew 25 verse 1 to 10. I'm, so, these ten virgins, the Bible said that they went out to meet a bridegroom. But there's something strange here. Everybody knows that in a wedding, the groom and the bride, which one normally comes late? The bride. Somebody say arrow. Because in the Bible, it was the groom who came late. So whenever we're having a wedding and the bride comes late, she is late to her marriage. Because it's not biblical. You know the reason? Because the man has to leave his parents, his mother and father, and come to the lady's house to come and marry. And if the man leaves and comes and you are not ready for the marriage, you are late. Hallelujah. That is why we don't forgive ladies who come late to wedding. Because the man is traveling with their parents to come and marry you. And we expect that by the time they get there, you have finished waiting to be married. But sometimes the man finished, comes and ready to be married and the woman can't even find their shoe. The witches in the house have hid it. Hallelujah. So this was an instance where this man was going to marry. And this man was traveling. I don't know whether he was coming from another country and he needed clearance through some immigration. But he delayed and the late was too much. He didn't delay for two hours, for three hours, but he delayed for almost 12 to 24 hours. Because the delay took them into the night. But there were these five virgins who had a proactive faith. These five virgins whom the Bible called wise, they had determined that we must, one, see the bridegroom, and two, be part of the wedding. Hallelujah. Listen to me. In this life, your faith is not complete when you only have a vision that you are pursuing. Amen. It is right to have a vision that I'm pursuing. But until you hold the vision, until you have the vision, until you have the substance, faith is not what? Complete. And most Christians have good visions, good aspirations, good ambitions, but they are not realizing the material things. Because they are not doing what they are supposed to do. To have the material substance of what they are believing to see. Amen. And those are the people who are called foolish. Yeah, so the Bible said that these ones whom the Bible classify in inverted commas and the like foolish. They refuse to make any effort to have in substance what they are hoping and believing God to have. They only get up and have a yeah, the bridegroom is coming. And we're going to meet the bridegroom and expected to be part of the wedding. Listen to me. God is not interested of your expectation. Some people say that. And the Bible says, and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. It said it shall not be cut off. But if you don't work it, it will not fulfill. There's a difference between cutting off and there's a difference between fulfilling. Hallelujah. Some of us, our expectations are still with us. It has not been cut off, but it is not being fulfilled. 
God does not fulfill your expectation for you. God will make sure that it will sustain you in your spirit. You continue to expect. But whether it will come to pass or not, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you don't work it out, you will keep it and you will die. You go to heaven and you will be poor. And you can't tell God that I have this big vision. It didn't materialize. What were your works? Hallelujah. So the foolish virgins also saw the bridegroom. Because the Bible said that the bridegroom came and all the ten of them heard, saw him. They also saw him. But it was the five who were wise. They saw him and they also became part of the ceremony. They became part of the marriage which means that at the end of the day they became or they had the physical material substance of what they had believed and hoped to see. And church, there was some four steps that these wise virgins did or put into consideration that ended them to accomplish which they had faith to receive. They have four steps and that's what we're going to look in this. So that if you have faith for something ahead of you, what must you do in order to get yourself there? And the first one was that they had a concrete hope. They had hope that was so solid, that was so strong, and they were not ready to allow anything to dash their hopes. Hope, the Bible said that it's not despair, but if your hopes is not strong, when the wind blows, you will throw it away. And if you have not determined so much in you that what I have hoped for in this life, I will get it by the end of my life. It will dash off. Hallelujah. Because they have this concrete hope, they did everything necessary to sustain their hopes. You think? That while we are going to see this bridegroom, our hope is that we must be part of the marriage. Not only to see the bridegroom, not only to be at the entrance, not only to uh, hear the sound, but we must be part of the ceremony so that we will have a material testimony to testify. And because of that, they ensure that nothing will cause them to lose that hope. Some of us, we say we have hope. We have faith. We believe in God. That this thing God will do. This thing God will do. The question is, how strong is your hope in God? How strong is the hope that you have in God? That what you believe, what you trust that God will do, nothing can cause you to throw it away. How many of us? Because we've seen Christians who seems they have hope and as the time goes on, they throw it away. Well, for me to live is God, to die is God. In all my ways, I am for the Lord. Yes, in all my ways, I am for the Lord. To live is God, but to die now is not for God. Hallelujah. You see, there are certain conversions when you are doing it, when you are, when you are saying it, start from the beginning of the scripture and end it. Don't take from the middle and quote quotations that when it starts visiting you, then you are running away. Hallelujah. Like a man who, who stood and said, that, God, you know, who am I? I am just clay. I am the workmanship of your hands. I need a wife. Whoever you give me, as long as the Spirit of God is in that person, I am ready. 
See, and God is not an imaginable virtue. God is a real, whatever you say, he does it. He said, whatever you give me, I'll take it as long as it's a Christian. God said, okay. And one day God brought before this man an old 65-year-old woman whose eyes are all already dim, whose teeth are all gone. And this man came to church. The first woman that would come to church. And they said there was this particular pretty lady. Every Sunday she came to clean the altar and she would come here and be singing and be, and be parking her nice car. So the man thinks that this is what. So God, when I go to church, the first lady that I will see, she's the one you give to me. Apparently that day, the lady while she was coming, she had a flat tie. So she delayed and there was this old woman whose BP was too high and was afraid to die. And she managed to come to God and lie on the altar. Hallelujah. She came to meet this old woman and the man was like, God, yes, I prayed. But this wasn't the vision. Hallelujah. She made confessions that she was not ready. She has hopes that was not concrete. But church, if we are going to have our faith fulfilled, our hopes in God must be solid. Sometimes you go through challenges of what you are hoping God for. Sometimes you go through tough times of what you are hoping God for. And if your hope is not built on God, you throw it away. Hallelujah. Number two, things they did was planning. They planned. The five who were ready to see their faith accomplished, they planned. You don't tell me that you have faith, you believe in God, you believe in God even more than Satan and think that things will work. Just sit down. No! In James, the Bible said that even Satan believes and Satan believes more than us. Oh. Satan believes more than us. Hallelujah. Look at how cockroach enter our house and we are afraid. But Satan could tell God, your protection over Job is too much. Satan believed that there's a strong protection of God around his children. And he, until God permits, he can't break through. But how many of us believe that God has protected us too much? We've got a simple, small stomach ache. I bind you. I bind you. What are you talking about? That small stomach ache, when you eat rough, rough, what do you think the stomach should do? Hallelujah. After you ate, combine everything. Ate banku and pepper. You ate fufu and pamno soup. When you were coming to sleep, you took milo and egg. So, when the, these three substances wanted to combine together, the oil and the sugar were fighting. The corn and the flour were fighting. There was a total disarray of agreement. And the residue have to find their way out. Your stomach must ache. Leave the devil out of it. Because there's a protection. There's a fire of God. Which is around you that the devil cannot break. Until God permits him. And the devil believes in that. Hallelujah. But church. They plan against expected failure. That could prevent them from achieving. 
everybody who have a strong faith and hope in God, you should be ready for an expected challenge which can dash your faith. Let us not live in the world and think that because we are Christians, so there's no challenge. It's a lie. I said here in the morning that Jesus said, if your faith is as little as a master seed, you will say to this mountain, which means the least faith has the least challenge, which is a mountain. If your faith is little, you don't have faith at all. Just today you were born. Again, the challenge before you is a mountain. So if your faith is to become a president, and I said in the morning, if your faith is a secretary and your one-bedroom landlord, the house doesn't have toilet and bath, the landlord is troubling you. And you come to fast three days in God. What about if you want to become a president and 28 Ghanaians don't have electricity? Amen. So, faith to get the substance that you are hoping for must sit down and plan against expected failures, challenges that will come. And this Five virgins, they sat down and know that if there's going to be any challenge, any failure to their vision, to their faith, to their hope, it's going to be lateness and darkness. It's going to be lateness. What about if the groom is late? What do we do? They sat down. And the, five, the other five foolish ones, they have not thought of it. Oh, the wedding is start at 9 o'clock. So 9 o'clock, no lunch. The same thing. About 5,000 people were following Jesus, including 12 disciples. Going to the wilderness to hear the message. None of them thought that we'll be hungry. Except a small boy. Who remember that as we are following Jesus, sometimes Jesus can preach from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Let me take lunch. And the big men, none of them. Sometimes we think that following Jesus is like going to a fast food. When you follow Christ and you get to one junction and you're hungry, you go and buy food. It took Abraham 25 years to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. He followed God for 25 years before he got the result. Sometimes you will follow him and go hungry. If you don't plan on how to sustain yourself going, you get to a place when the tougher time comes, you drop. Amen. So they sat down and they thought, what about if the groom kept long? What do we do? So lateness was the first. The second thing, what about if darkness catches us? What do we do? I mean, then they said, if darkness should catch us, then only thing we need is what? Lights. So they took lights. The other virgins too took lights. So when darkness come, we have lights to hold, to keep us going. That was very good planning. They have made provision to make sure that they will overcome the challenge. But it's moved to the next step after taking that plan. Because this plan in all the ten of them took that plan. Amen. Listen to me. We are all Christians. We have the spirit of God in us. But listen, the wisdom to succeed in Christ is different. That is why Sometimes you see one Christian breaking through and another Christian is not breaking through. And it looks like God so loved that one more than you know. Sit down and talk with them and hear the fruits of their mind. As they make the Bible practical and listen to yourself when you have made the Bible a history and a commentary. 
Because most Christians are living the commentary of the Bible and some too are living the communication of the Bible. So we just read it. And God said, I, I will bless you and prosper you and the Lord shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. For this is the portion. Yeah, it has been your portion from day one you became a Christian. And up to now, nothing has happened. Hallelujah. But someone has never quoted that scripture. But it's sitting there and one day, the Bible said that the idle hand should not work and the person has started selling chewing gum. And today the person has a big supermarket. For the last three years, it came to God. Because God will bless the little beginnings. So when they started there, God blessed them. Somebody said that, okay, I will give you a loan to start operating. And the person is now, he said, that, hey, you there, God is blessed. It's your time. My time will come. There is no time anywhere. It's coming. As you live from morning to evening, it's your time. A man is giving 70 years or at most 80. If you don't know, very soon you are getting closer to the grave. You better start doing something and say, my time will not come. My time will come. What time again are you waiting? The time we are in is the coming of Jesus Christ, not for us. Hallelujah. So nobody can say that, and I'm waiting for my time, and I'm waiting for my time. Your time is the day the, 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 the Savior will knock at your door. And the Bible said, I pray that he will not come like a thief. Hallelujah. But as we have, we have breath in us, let us take care of what the masters has put in our hand. You must do what you're supposed to do while there's still sunshine. Plan. They plan towards the necessary failure. Plan towards the necessary hindrance. They plan towards the necessary day. You must sit down to plan from today. You don't sit down and say that we, we are married. So we know that yeah, we are going to be 80 years. I'm telling you, 80 years in marriage does not come because you wished. Hallelujah. You must sit down and plan. If the possible failures are coming, what are you going to do to escape? Because it shall come. I'm not prophesying, but it is part of the journey. You will face the mountain. You will face the river. You will come before the Red Sea and you meet the Jordan before you get to the promised land. You cannot move from Egypt on air into the promised land. You must go through the wilderness and you will go through it. Because there are generations which are going to come out of you and you must learn the humility of the Lord through the testing of the Lord, which is called the discarding of God on the wilderness so that you build the knowledge of the divine so that when you give birth to your children you can implant that in them and you must sit down and plan amen because one day somebody will come out of you and what are you going to train the person that when the lion comes on the way don't run away but face it because he that is in you is greater than he that is away until you face the lion you cannot train other person to face the lion hallelujah so you must plan. They sat down and they planned. And they saw that the greatest what they would need is light. And they all pick up light. But that did not end. That they have. Because they found light. So they will, uh, were going to overcome. The question is, light does not light by itself. It needs oil. So they have to prepare and get oil. And it took them to the next stage. That was preparation. After they have planned. The next thing was they prepared. They prepared for what it would take them to get their hopes accomplished. We must prepare materially for what we hope to achieve. Listen to me. The greatest thing they needed was not light, but oil. Do you know, most of us, what we think we need is light. But do you know that the greatest problem is not light, it's oil. Amen. 
So even though they have made the plans, but they need to prepare for the material objects, the material substance to sustain the lights when the time comes. That is where the five failed to be called foolish. That is where the difference came in. The difference between the rich and the poor is a thin line, which is preparation. All of us are planning. The poor are planning to be poor. The rich are planning to be rich. Hallelujah. But whether the poor shall remain poor by their plan or the rich shall remain rich by their plan, it is how well they have prepared themselves. Hallelujah. You were not made to become a secretary for the rest of your life. You plan to go to school. Now you have become a secretary. But if you want to move to become an HR, you must prepare yourself from there. So they now have to what? Prepare for the material substance they need. And that is where the five failed. They don't need it again. They didn't think that they need oil. They think they have the lights. And this bridegroom faithfully was absent and was late. 6 a.m. to 12 noon, late. 12 to 6 p.m., late. So all the plans that they did has come to an abrupt end. Now, nights have entered and this bridegroom has not yet come. But we still have a vision we must accomplish. Listen to me. Sometimes night will catch you in life and still you have not achieved your vision. What do we do? Do you drop it there? Do you stop it there? Do you leave it there? And that was when the preparation came in. The five, all of them brought oil. Hallelujah. All of them, ten, all of them brought their oil. But they, those who are prepared, they took oil that will sustain them from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., 10 p.m. to 12 midnight, 12 midnight to the following morning. Hallelujah. They prepared for the sunshine. They prepared for the night hours. The Bible said that we must prepare because we don't know when our visitation shall come. But the foolish one prepared for this day. Oh, by 8 p.m. The, the groom sh should be in. 8 p.m. the groom didn't come. And their oil was gone. And the other five put oil. They said, that, give me your own. He said, we are not going to give it to you. There are certain things we share in this life. But there are certain things nobody can share it with you. Hallelujah. I can't share with you the expertise I have acquired through my preparation. I can't share it with you. Hallelujah. Sometimes some pastors within the locality will come and say, that, Pastor, how are you making it? We have been in this community for over 20 years. How come that you, all of a sudden you came, you are less than 10 years, you are building, you are doing double service. How did you make it? Show us. I said, I can't show you because it is inborn. It's inborn. It's the same Bible we preach. It's the same Bible we teach. But as to the difference, it is internal. What I have subjected myself to become is the result that you are seen by my God. And what you subjected yourself to become is the result. After all, our produce is as a result of our input. Amen. So if you are expecting to get it done, you must prepare and get the resources that will sustain you at the hardest moment and take you through to get it done. You must prepare yourself. And most of us, we have faith, but no preparation. Hallelujah. What is the mental preparation? What is the adjustment? What do I do? How do I still contain her? How do I still see her as lovely as she first married me or first married me? How do you do? There must be a preparation for the current 
the near future and the far future, you must prepare yourself. Hallelujah. I used to have a bushy hair. Hallelujah. Amen. You must prepare. And the greatest preparation you need is the oil, not the lights. The oil, the substance that will keep you going. The strength that will keep you going. The strength of God. The spirit of God. The wisdom of God. The knowledge of God. The almighty. The hand of God. The dependence of God. Your trust in God. The anchor of God. Your hope you must lean upon him. May the Lord empower your mind. Empower your heart. Empower your hands. May you trust in God that at any point I know that I stand on the grounds. I stand on a pillar. I stand on a defense. The Lord whom I have trusted he will keep me going. When the going become tough you should be able to go on your knees and cry upon God to open the way for you to move. You must prepare and get the oil. You must prepare and get the oil. When you get to a place and it is no more wisdom and it is money, money should be there. When you go to a place and it is no more money but it is counsel, you must have mature, experienced counselors to talk to you. You must prepare. Hallelujah. The five prepared but the other five, they didn't prepare. All they wanted was what? The lights. And they took the light and the small oil. And that was the end. And I said, this, these days we are in, we have a lot of people who have a light and small oil. And they want to be seen. Amen. Today, everybody wants to be on the limelight. People come out with one small two, 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 two ministry seconds song. And they want to be on TV. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastors are in a small corner prophesying frustration and preaching confusion. And people are picking their life out of the pieces. They don't even know how to put it together. And they are on TV and they think they are on top. Very soon the oil will get finished. And today, you and I, some oils are getting finished. And you see what will sustain us up there. Because as to get into the up there church, everybody can work their way up. But how to sustain yourself there? And I said something. You know what the Bible said? It said that when you put on a candle, you will lift it and put it on top of a mountain. You don't put it under a basket. You know the process. The Bible said that the light is candled down, but it is lifted. It's a process that is climb up and put it there. You don't climb up there and put the light. It must be put on down and lifted and put up. But you know some people don't want to put the lights on down and climb it up. People want to be up and put the lights on. There's, the waves will put it off. Hallelujah. The five prepared. They took extra oil. You must ask yourself, what is the extra oil I have? What is the extra substance I have? What it will keep me going? I have this faith. I must get this. I must achieve this. What is the extra? Amen. And those who are in the church, you will be hearing me now and now and now. 40 days fasting, I have fasted 40 days. 21 days, I have fasted. Everything I have fasted. Today, I can't do all that. Hallelujah. But after going through all that, and when I saw that, no, I had a vision to preach across the world. I realized that my English was bad. Hallelujah. But and it doesn't take prayer and fasting to preach international. Your prayer and fasting will open the door for you. Your preaching will bring you back to the village. Hallelujah. 
Yes, it was a nice planning. Yes, I have a plan to preach all over the world. It's a nice plan. The anointing is there to do that. But when you go outside the world, you, go and, you don't go and preach. So I have to put myself through preparation. Hallelujah. And I, as I say every day, I had finished Bible school 1998. And I went back to primary school one. Class one. To start learning. S-O-S-O. T-O-2. P-O-P-O. <laughs> Anytime I say it, and I have those books there. I start, I went back to take primary, lower primary one teacher to start teaching me English, how to pronounce the words one, 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 one. 1998, I have finished Bible school and I was an associate pastor. I learned it 1998 until 2002 years. Hallelujah. Today, every pulpit in the world, I have preached at Paris before French-speaking country. I preached in English, they translated it in French. Imagine if I didn't know how to communicate in English. The opportunity is there, the vision is there, the planning is there, but preparation is limited. Some of us, we have the vision, we have the preparation, we have the planning, but the preparation to get us there, and from today, you must start preparing yourself. You must start putting yourself. You must start getting the extra resources, the oil that you need, the material substance that can get you going when the going is becoming tougher. You must start because it shall surely come. The next thing, the day they didn't stop there is work. Having prepared yourself does not produce the result. The results must come by work. The work for the capital needed to prepare themselves adequately. Hallelujah. They need that if you're going to prepare ourselves, you're going to sustain the light, we need oil. But oil is not picked on the floor. Hallelujah. The oil must be bought. And the oil is not bought because you can speak big tongues. Because you have faith. The oil must be bought by what? Money. And if you need the money, you must work for the money. So the people have to go and work and gather enough money that could buy them oil for 24 hours to sustain their lives. Hallelujah. I will say something interesting here. Some of us, we are working all right. We have the money all right. But instead of using the money that we have worked to prepare ourselves to push us to get the vision, the money is in safe. Eating the money you have worked just to prepare yourself to look physically accepted is a problem. And some, some of us too, we misuse it. They needed, they know that, hey, if we are going to get enough oil to keep us going, then we need enough money. Money that can buy us enough oil. We need capital that can empower us for some time to come. Hallelujah. The day your first child will come, you will see that you don't have money. It doesn't matter how much you have in bank. Every three days, you will buy diapers. So you must work to get the capital resource to prepare. Hallelujah. And these guys have to work. They work for money. And their money could buy them the needed oil. The other five virgins, they had money. 
They had money. But they have kept the money. When the tougher time comes and those who have prepared and they were getting going by the resource, they are now asking, please, can you go and buy me? They, and we're now looking for a school to go and acquire the knowledge for the promotion that has come. It was too late. Let's move on. Keeping money in a safe and suffering a failure money can provide the solution. It's a stupid fit. I didn't say stupid. It was in a phrase and a sentence. Hallelujah. To keep money in a safe and suffering a failure that money can provide a solution. And just sitting down believing God. It's a stupid fit. Listen to me. If you carry a vision for your life, food must be the least you must spend on. Must be the least you must spend on. Clothing must be the least you must spend on. Hallelujah. 90% of the money that comes to you must empower you to reach the vision. When you get the vision, I forgot the last time I bought shirt. I forgot the last time I bought shoe. I forgot the last time I bought what? Suit. The vision is providing for it. But the money that I was getting the other day, I used it to learn how to speak English. My church has 98% English speaking. It is easy to think and plan with them. Hallelujah. That is why we could reach this far. Go to where they have 90, 98% local speaking. Hallelujah. Your vision will tell the kind of people that will surround you. It's not that. Of course. So keeping money in a safe, suffering a solution. And church, that is church folks. Hallelujah. Go and shop by the roadside and come and eat the small you can swim and use the money to empower yourself. And stop looking big when by truth everybody knows that you are not big. Hallelujah. Is it a competition to enter Accra Mall and also shop from there? Hallelujah. The people who go there and push trolleys, they wear bowler, uh, shorts and lacoste. Amen. Have you seen people who are playing golf every morning? They play golf every morning. They sit in their house and they take telephone. Move $20,000 here. Move $30,000 here. And they are wearing box and this thing. They don't need to go to Accra more or whatever. They sit at home and they command. They move things. And we, we are nobodies. The little we have got, instead of empowering ourselves to also be in a position to move things in God, we want to be like them. Hallelujah. We don't believe to overcome a failure. We work to overcome a failure. Believing in God alone will not overcome the failures you are going through. You must work it out. Hello? You must work it. The issue about, listen, I was telling the morning people that sometimes we, the pastors, have caused the church to be poor. Instead of teaching our people practical faith, we are teaching them commentary faith. Believe. And our grandparents were poor Christians. Our parents have become poor Christians. We are becoming poor Christians. And Hallelujah. Meanwhile, Muslim will tell you that if you go Mecca and come, you prosper because you know why? When you go Mecca, you come with the little money you go there, you bring things. As part of the pilgrim journey, it's also hot, a business opportunity. You enter there, you bring things down. And the moment you bring things down, everybody wants to come and buy foreign things. The person has got an international market. We are sitting here. 
But those of us, especially the charismatics, we are spirit inclined. Everything spirit, 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 spirit. For God so loved the world. God is so spiritual. He loved the world, but he gave his only begotten son to be killed practical. God didn't save the world through spirit. He saved the world through blood. Amen. So sometimes it is good to be in spirit, but sometimes the spirit must work in the physical. Hallelujah. The spirit of working to overcome a failure is an act of faith. That is what James said. The faith without works is dead. But faith that accompanies work, that is alive. So if you have faith, we must work. We must work. We must put the faith into action. We must put the faith into works. We must see ourselves doing something. Doing something. And these wise virgins, they did something. And today here we are. They had the results, and those who think they, they were this thing, they had it fail. Hallelujah. Finally, faith and works. Genesis chapter 40, verse 41, about Joseph. And we close here. We close here. When we read Genesis chapter 40, verse 41, you see that Joseph had what? A dream. Joseph had hopes. Joseph had vision. Joseph foresee his destiny while he was still a child. He told his father, he told his mother, his brethren that look at me. I am going to be the head over all of you. Because I have that dream. And the Bible said that his brethren even hated him. They hated him to the extend that they have to sell him. They first have to throw him into a pit. He didn't die. They brought him up, sold him to his cousins, the Ishmaelites. They couldn't kill him, sold him as a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife accused uh, him of rape. He was thrown into the dungeon, the condemned prison, and he was there to perish. And the Bible said that two of the king's battlers, Amorberes, also offended. They brought them into the prison and they asked Joseph to serve them in prison. Hallelujah. And at this point, if it were some of us, our hope is gone, our vision is finished. It's finished. Sometimes, if you look at the challenges people are going through and they have thrown away their vision, sometimes it's funny. It's just funny. It's just funny. Because you hear a Christian who seems to have this big ambition of his life or her life and the reason why they have stopped pursuing it is, I don't have money. I don't have anybody to help me. You know, I didn't go to school. If you didn't go to school, it is, it, it, you shouldn't even say that statement. I didn't go to school. Who should take you to school? Go to school. Have they closed the school uh, uh, rooms? Have they stopped admitting illiterates? So go to school. Amen. I don't have money. But who should give you money? Who? Stan, do you think I should give you money to build five-story estate for your wife? What about my wife? I can only pray for you. So if you don't have money, go and look for money. The Bible said that, cast your eyes and see the field is already white. The harvest is ready. There is enough to do to make money when you cast your eyes. Once we are a developing country, if you like, gather stones by the roadside. People will buy it to go and do tiles and then pavement blocks. 
Say, I don't have money. I don't have money. And I'm sitting there. I don't have money. One day, if you see, the day you see somebody prospering and you say that, hey, Nyami, show more, may the Lord forgive you. Because you were also given a talent and you have hidden it and given excuses. Hallelujah. Joseph was perishing in prison. And if it was somebody, he would give up. But he had faith in God for his dreams. While he was perishing, he still had faith for his dream. He didn't throw away his, his dream. And then, his faith didn't accomplish his dreams. When you read the Bible, the, the Bible didn't say that, and Joseph had faith that he could be the prime minister, so he came out. His faith didn't accomplish. It was his dreams that accomplished his faith. While he was in prison, people had a dream. He said, that, well, I have the ability to interpret dream. He didn't say that I have a faith to become a prime minister. He didn't say that I have a dream that one day I'll be the head of my, my father's house. No. He said, oh, you had a dream? I have the ability to interpret the dream. He's talking about his works that can bring his dreams into limelight. He's not talking about his dreams that he has faith for. And most Christians are talking about our faith and has put our dreams down. You must let the dream work the faith up. Hallelujah. And he served with his dreams. He used his dreams to facilitate his faith. And he came out of it. He became a prime minister. Hallelujah. And will you say that he didn't have faith? He had faith. But it's because of the faith he had. That is why he still have to use his dreams. He still have to work. Hallelujah. I don't think it's funny. You don't have it and you have ego. You don't have it and you're feeling big. My God, I was telling one day I didn't have money. And I heard in the news that the government said that they are doing some cleaning somewhere in Accra. And in those times, we want to promote this uh, 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 youth, whatever. And they said, Come, anybody who come and help this thing, they'll, they'll give you 150. I went. I was a pastor. I went. I went and did some. When they finished, they gave me 150. That 150 sustained me up to the weekend. And nobody said because I was a pastor, so why did I come to do some? Hallelujah. After I finished my pastorship, it was not limited or taken away from me. Amen. Nobody. God didn't say that you are a pastor and you have gone to work with, a, with, a, with, a, with a this thing and the other. So no. I didn't go there because I was a pastor. I went there because I have a need. And that need, the only source to sustain that the solution for that need is to go and make money out of that place. And I went. I got it. I had it done. Today I'm here. I'm not going back again. But I had that problem solved. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you guys shouldn't just sit down and just hoping that that and that and that. Let your dreams work for your faith. The kind of marriage you have in your mind, may that one come to play as you every day you wake up. Put, subject yourself to an activity that can give you the marriage you are hoping. Not tomorrow. Not the day after tomorrow. 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now. That is where your marriage will be tested. They said true marriage is tested after all the children are married and gone and left with the two couples. That is where we will tell whether they love themselves or not. Hallelujah. Because when the children started coming, sometimes they compromise. And I told you I was in the office when 60 years and 70 years men walk to the office that they want to divorce. 
60 and 70. I asked the woman, how old are you? He said, 60. The man, how old are you? He said, 70. How, old have you, how long have you married? Over 30 years. I said, when you got married, I was no more. The age of your marriage is older than me, and now you want to dissolve the marriage. And you know, ever since they came, it's three years now, none of them two is dying, and they are still together. <laughs> but they are still there. So you must let the dream work so that after everything is said and done, you can sit down and say that this was what we saw and we left our home that we want to accomplish it. And here we are. We have accomplished it. The Bible said that God will say that, well done, you faithful and just servant. Enter into the rest of the Lord. The Bible said that God shall bless you with a crown of life.